Welcome again to 720 and 720. Uh, very fortunate to have a good friend, a coaching legend, uh, and what I always thought was the nicest man in college basketball. Uh, he went to 10 NCAA tournaments. He went to a Final Four. Uh, he's got over 570 wins as an NCAA Division One coach. Let's please welcome Bobby Crimmins. Coach Crimmins, how you doing? I'm doing great, John. Uh, it's good to hear your voice. Um, we're, we're both not coaching right now, but I always enjoyed our games. Uh, College of Charleston against Chattanooga. They were tough games. Uh, you got us in that championship game. Um, but I always enjoyed uh, coaching against you. You did a heck of a job. I didn't enjoy coaching against you. I know that. You had you were well coached. You had great players. Uh, you broke my heart on many occasions. And, and, <laughs> and I actually, I talked, to, uh, I talked to my wife about this last night, and I talked to Andrew Wilson about it. We came down to Charleston one time and played. It was a must win for us. And, and we had to win. This is old school thinking. We had to win this game at Charleston. We were prepared. We were organized. Uh, we we came down. We outplayed you. We beat you everywhere except the scoreboard. We missed a free throw with five seconds to go. You tie it. We get beaten double overtime. And Andrew Wilson said uh, after that game that y'all had to get together that night. And uh, he said you were kind of down the dumps. And and he went, Coach Crimmins, uh, what's the problem? And uh, you said, well, I know John really needed to win that game. They deserved to win the game. And uh, I feel bad for him. Coach Crimmins, that, that doesn't happen a whole lot in this in this business, just to be honest. He also said when we beat you in the, to go to the NCAA tournament, you got on the bus and went, man, I'm so happy for John. Uh, he gets to go to the NCAA tournament. That doesn't happen. So once again, when I say you're the nicest man in college basketball, I, I mean it. Um, uh, you, you, you always, and I remember you always said, John, call me Bobby. And I went, I, I'm not calling you Bobby. I'm calling you coach Crimmins because the respect, <laughs> you know, out of respect, uh, what you did for the game and, and how you did it. And that's what I want to talk about today. Coach is, is there's a thousand ways to skin a cat and, and some guys are X and O guys, some guys are this. And, and I think it's becoming more important how you did it. And and you went to a Final Four, and you had unbelievable success at Georgia Tech in an unbelievable league because you did it your way and your relationship skills. Talk to us about, and this is a very informative podcast. We're trying to help young coaches. So talk to young coaches as you're talking to me about what you did and how you how you had a chance to have all the success you had. Well, well John, first it starts with a, a few things. First it starts with the love of the game. And um, um, like you, you know, and so many, uh, I had the love of the game. Um, I didn't want to be a coach. I wanted to be a player. Uh, but I grew up in New York City, and I was a product of uh, New York schoolyard basketball. And I fell in love with the game early. And um, I developed a passion for the game of basketball as a player. And uh, that's the next thing. Uh, uh, so I had the passion. And then you gotta have you got to have teachers. you got to have mentors. And to, you know, my mentor was Frank McGuire. He brought me back as a graduate assistant for South Carolina. And then all of a sudden I had to develop a new passion. Um, I I hated uh, giving up the game. I loved to play. Um, But that was a smart decision on my part. Um, But I started to fall in love with coaching, the way I found love with playing the game. And it, it gave me a great, you know, avenue to just continue in the game. 
And all of a sudden, uh, coaching became really, really important to me. And I developed a passion for coaching like I did for playing. So it starts with having a passion for it. you got to work hard. Um, I, I've been to so many clinics when I was a young coach, the Bobby Knights, the UB Browns, like you have been. And so, John, in answering your question, I think you you got to have the passion for the game. And you got to have good mentors. You got to dig in. You got to learn. You got to go to clinics. You got to work at it, just like you did. Well, I, but Coach Crimmins, I'm going to tell you, you, you don't have the success that you had at Georgia Tech. I mean, nobody's had that success at Georgia Tech. There's been some really good people, but you had unbelievable success. You have had unbelievable success everywhere. Everybody's an X and O guru. Everybody knows the game. But where I thought you were phenomenal is kind of what you were. You had passion for people. You had passion for me, and I was an opposing coach. You, <laughs> you had passion for your players that I don't think other people have, just to be honest. And I think that separated you. Can you talk to us about your thinking there and of your yeah. own players? Well, John, you know, um, once I got into coaching, I really felt like um, my players were an extension of uh, my family. I, I always felt like a surrogate parent to my parents, to my players. And I told them that. I said, you know, you know, I know who your real parents are because I recruited you. But I said, I felt like I was their, their stepdad, their surrogate parent. And I told them, I said, we're going to have a family atmosphere here. And um, I really tried to have a family atmosphere. Now, um, now, John, that doesn't mean it was perfect. I mean, you know, I had, a, I had to kick, team, kick kids off the team. I had to dismiss players from our program. Uh, but I tried to um, have a family atmosphere. Uh, I, I truly cared about my players. I loved them. I really did love them. Um, and I tried to, when they, when they went the wrong way, I tried to correct them. And some, I, some we did and some we didn't, John. Um, how, so, did, how, did you, how did you do that? Think about back at like the College of Charleston. Did you meet with them daily? I mean, I, I, would, I dove into everything that you tried to do. And and I heard that you met with your players every day, and you were sincerely interested in their how they were doing in their classes and how they were doing in life. That's where I failed late in my career. Uh, that I heard that you were the best in the country at. Yeah, you know, I, I did. You know, I was not a great student at the University of South Carolina. I regretted that, and I wanted to make sure that they didn't make the mistakes I made. Um, yeah, I wanted them to do the right things and I would meet with them, but sometimes John, I would let them figure it out themselves and I would, they either figure it out themselves or they didn't make it. I would give them advice, but you know, there's someone, you know, the saying, you could take the horse to the water, but you can't make the horse drink the water. And, um, you know, we all, a lot of coaches do a lot of things similar, but I truly did care about, um, my players. Uh, they were very important to me. Um, when I see my players today, the first thing I look in their eye and I say, you know, did that, did I get the most out of that player? Did he get the most out of his talent? Did I help him get the most out of his talent? Well, you know, what, what you've done is taken those kids at Georgia tech and app and Charleston and become their parents really. And, and that's, you know, everybody talked about Bobby Crimmins and the relationships, um, you know, t talk to me real quick, and then I'm going to let you go, Coach, about, you know, at, at, at Georgia Tech and really at Charleston. 
you know, you, you really believed in playing six to seven guys. Is, is that a philosophy of yours that you could maybe is, – is that stronger than playing ten guys and, and maybe trying to help some younger coaches try to figure out how many they, they want to play? Yeah, my mentor, Frank McGuire, only played five players, John. So, um, and I used to play like 40 minutes a game. <laughs> and so it starts with my mentor. Um, and then, John, uh, what I loved about it was everybody knew their role. I didn't have to deal with parents whose, play, whose sons didn't play. I didn't have to deal with players who would always complain about playing time. But it caught up with me, John, in injuries. Uh, I had some key injuries uh, at Georgia Tech. Uh, late in my career, and I did not have the depth that I needed to to have a successful program. So what I tell coach young coaches today, um, that you got to have some depth. Um, somehow you got to keep these kids happy who are not playing because um, I used to hate to – if somebody complained, John, I used to take you know, go to another school, get out of here. You know, I wanted chemistry. I wanted great chemistry. But uh, when I went to Charleston, I tried to have more depth um, not as much as other people, but I think it's important because uh, the key, number one, they obviously get kids who foul out, but because of injuries, there are so many injuries today that you need to have more depth than I had. Coach, I think there's so many injuries because, uh, you know, back, back in the day, uh, you weren't allowed to practice in the summer. Right, uh, right. You weren't allowed to uh, to take a whole lot of time practicing in the fall. And, and, you know, all coaches want now is, is more access to their players, and I get that. But also get that you're going to practice them all summer long. You're going to practice them all fall long. And then all of a sudden, by the time you get to November, you're exhausted. The kids are yeah. exhausted. The teams are exhausted. Uh, and all of a sudden, you got guys going down. I, I think last time I checked, um, most everybody remembers March. And, and how many teams are ready to play in March. That's why I think Coach K does a great job, because I don't think he kills them. I think like no. Rick Bird at Belmont, I don't think they kill their guys early. And I think they're ready to play in March. I'm not sure Coach K teaches and coaches a lot right now. Hey, big boys, y'all, y'all t- take, your, take your L to Gonzaga. We'll figure it out, and we'll start coaching you a little later, and we'll, we'll be fresh in March instead of November. I totally agree with you. You know, I read where Coach K does a lot of film work, and I totally agree with you. I think the coaches now that uh, it's too much work, and the smart coaches uh, know how to um, make make sure they're ready for March. It, well, yeah, it, you know, you got that time to practice. You can't get outworked. That's what coaches do. We work, and you yep. can't get outworked. So you feel guilty if you're not working. And so, That's right. you know, but I, you, you got to stay fresh, and you got to stay fresh mentally, and um. You know, it, and that's what I think me and you did a poor job of, just to be honest, is me and you did not stay fresh mentally as coaches. You got to find some time for you as a coach to get away. I just read something on Mark Few, turns off his phone and goes and does his own thing and doesn't right. worry about things. If you don't stay fresh mentally and healthy mentally as a, as a basketball coach, it, it hurts your team. And I, I think I hurt my team. Um, and I know you yep. got worn down. <laughs> yes, and it's, yes. It's easy to get worn down, but I think as a coach, you've got to do some things for you. No, it, it's a great point, John. I tell all these young coaches today, take take Sunday off. Don't do anything on Sunday. Go to church. Spend time with your family. Um, you know, you, re, you really need that day. Shut the phone off. 
you mentioned Mark Few. He's a good friend of mine, and you're absolutely right about him. He is so balanced, and you've got to keep things in perspective. And um, it's it's so important that you just don't let this game eat you up. And there were times it ate me up, and as you mentioned, it ate you up. Yeah. And it's it's a very very unhealthy situation. And it's a great and and it's a you know it's a great thing. You still got relationships with those kids from Appalachian State and from Georgia Tech and from College of Charleston. And uh, they don't remember the W's and L's. They remember the 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 fun times that y'all had, and the, even the tough times you had. And you laugh right. about it now. You don't think it's funny at the moment, but you can laugh about it now. Hey, coach, you're a legend. Uh, you're going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, you're probably in multiple Hall of Fames right now. But, <laughs> but us in the South, we welcome uh, guys from with your kind of accent. And and the, and the funny thing is, your guys with your kind of accent, you come down south and you never leave. So that mean, <laughs> that means we got it going on down here because you know you're in Hilton Head, you ain't never going to leave, right? <laughs> no, no, I plan on being here, John. Well, we appreciate Bobby Cremins and appreciate what you did for the game of basketball because you you left your legacy and you left your mark and you left it for young kids for young coaches to know that it's just not about the X's and O's. It's about caring for those kids and relationships that you got and loving those players. And I'm going to tell you, your relationships you have with your kids beat us many, many times. And I thought I was an X and O guru. Uh, it, it stands nothing against relationship with kids because those are the people that play the game. It ain't X and O. It is the Jimmy and the Joes. So, so Coach Kramers, really appreciate your time. And um, I thank you for, for investing in young people. You're most welcome, John. Enjoy talking with you.